Act as if and ye shall be. We've all heard that phrase or the less lofty one, fake it till you make it. But do you have any idea how powerfully that combination of expectation and intention can affect your vocal ability? Oh yeah, let's dig in. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. As any good neuroscientist, psychologist, wellness specialist, voodoo practitioner, or vocal coach will attest, mind over matter is a real thing. When our subconscious mind gets focused and uber convinced that we can or can't do something and we act as if, it's amazing what's possible or impossible for us to do. And as in life, the same is true for our voices. Let's start this exploration by talking about four negative mindsets from which to act as if. All of these limit and sabotage vocal ability. I'll illustrate these with some case studies of people I've worked with, leaving out names to protect their privacy. The first category is fear and anxiety. Did you know that fear and acting out of that fear can create expectation that literally paralyzes you? Yes, that goes for your voice too. My student was a singer, songwriter, performer, entrepreneur, and artist manager, and brilliant. She came in with several types of vocal issues and limitations. So I took her through some vocalises that seemed to help, but her issues were puzzling enough for me to recommend that she go to Vanderbilt Voice Clinic for a laryngoscopic examination. They found that she had partial paralysis in one of her vocal folds. I could even feel with my hand the tightness across that side of her neck and shoulder, those muscles in her neck and shoulders. She and I had some deep talks about things, and it turned out that she was holding some serious general anxiety pretty chronically. As she began to process her fear, her muscles began to relax. Her posture then changed, and her voice began to respond from the exercises that we were doing. Three weeks later, she went back and had another laryngoscopy, and the paralysis was completely gone, like a miracle. Now, here's where I want to give you a medical disclaimer. I am not a doctor, and I make no promises that a vocal lesson with me or anyone else will heal you of anxiety or any other psychological condition or physiological condition, but I just try to make my lessons safe places to explore. And sometimes my students have needed professional therapy, which I highly recommend. But the thing to know is, whether you need just friendly counsel or professional help, facing and processing fear can allow your voice to function freely and efficiently again. The next category of negative mindset is believing the worst. Now, preparing for worst possibilities Getting examined to rule out the worst, by all means, you ought to do these things. But deeply expecting and believing that your voice is damaged or your diaphragm is frozen or your throat is too small or whatever can cause your voice to act as if these things are true, even when they're not. My student was a recording artist on a label and was having trouble with vocal control. He was absolutely convinced that his diaphragm was tight and he couldn't do anything to loosen it. 
I tried many different exercises, but nothing worked. After his lesson, I called Vanderbilt Voice Center, wondering if it was possible that his belief could be creating his condition. The doctor there told me that actually this is almost always the case with people thinking they have a tight diaphragm. It's fear. Now, this singer didn't come back for another lesson, and I'll never know if changing what he believed could have changed the tightness at the bottom of his ribcage. But at least I'm assured by medical advice that this is indeed usually actually the case. It might have been that the stress of his career or some kind of personal concerns that he might have had could be helped with psychotherapy. I really hope he did that. And I really regret that I was unable to help him trust me long enough to make a difference. Another student of mine was a singer-songwriter who had successfully worked through a number of vocal issues with me stemming from her eating disorder. We'd been working together for quite a while when one day she suddenly started having trouble singing sustained notes smoothly. She lost control of her long notes. She, too, decided the problem was that she had a tight diaphragm. Remembering my previous student, I sent her to Vanderbilt Voice Clinic to be examined. When they told her that she did not have a tight diaphragm, that was not the problem, and they couldn't actually see a problem, <laughs> she came in for another vocal lesson with me. We did the exact same sustained exercise, and she performed it without a hitch. Her sustains were no longer a problem because she stopped believing they were. Our next category of negative mindset is focusing on what others think. Comparing and competing with our voices can create vocal insecurities for any of us. For this case study, I'm actually going to use myself. I was doing a lead vocal on a song of mine. There was a high note that I wanted to sing, but I could sense that the engineer in the control room didn't think I could hit it. So guess what? My voice literally acted as if what the engineer believed about my voice was true. I couldn't hit that note till I went to another studio, and then I sang it with no problem. The voice is so sensitive. Our subconscious mind, sometimes called the lizard brain that works our voice, is sensitive. Critique and good correction has to be truthful, but also needs to be positive and kind for the voice to have faith in its full ability to either perform or to learn something new. In the past, I have definitely created my own drama thinking someone didn't like my voice, and it affected my ability to sing around them. I find that it helps tremendously to realize with humility and humor that there will always be people who don't like my voice. It's not usually an intention to be mean. It's just that everyone has their own tastes and preferences, and no voice can be all things to all people. And you know, realizing that people who don't like the voices, styles, or songs of Barbra Streisand, Andre Bocelli, Celine Dion, Willie Nelson, Taylor Swift, that puts things into perspective for me because those voices have been loved and financially supported by millions, which I think means that they must be pretty valuable. And you know, I also learned not to sing for people who don't like my voice, expecting them to change their minds. It's not fair to them or to me. And the last negative mindset I want to talk about is trauma. 
Physical and emotional trauma can create a chronic mindset to act as if you are in danger. When trauma is internalized, the body goes into counterproductive protect mode long past the need to protect. There's a very insightful article called The Voice Keep Score, which I'll leave a link to in the podcast notes, that says the trauma-induced fright or flight syndrome can move on to a shutdown state. Vocal ability is compromised by limited breath as well as jaw, tongue, and shoulder tension. The throat is constricted from neck tension, and the rib cage is dropped inwards to protect the heart. The lizard brain directs the body to produce a voice that communicates a lack of confidence for the sake of survival. From the conclusion of that article, I quote, There is no quick fix. It begins with taking some time to understand your body and your habits. The most important facet to remember is whatever your body has done to keep you safe, it did so looking out for you. So when it comes time to let go of these habits, as naked as it may seem or the feeling of shame that comes with it, be kind. It did the best it could. My student was a brilliant young songwriter who had experienced terrible emotional and physical trauma in her life. She came in for her first vocal lesson with me with a voice the size of a little mouse. Her songs were incredible, but she had no idea how good she was. After a season of vocal lessons, performing, recording, and psychotherapy, she developed one of the most iconic voices I've ever worked with. She's singing and in general doing extremely well now that she's fully embraced her voice's truth and beauty and strength. And she doesn't sing from that mindset of, I'm in danger anymore. Okay, time to turn things around. Let's find the act as if mindset for success. No matter what's gone on in your life or right before the gig, there are ways to corral your thoughts to create positive intention and expectation that can raise your vocal ability right there on the spot. Here's one of my favorite student success stories. This student of mine was an emerging public speaker who had landed a keynote spot at a very important event. She had learned how to successfully deal with a severe eating disorder, had written a book on it, and was speaking to doctors about ways to avoid triggering the disorder while working with their patients. She called me from the hallway right before going on, just about to have a panic attack. I told her to look around, notice colors, smells, sounds, sights, textures, and notice that she was safe. Then I suggested that she act as if she was completely confident in her speech. How would she be standing? How would she be holding herself? How would she be breathing? Where would she be breathing from? What would her hands be doing? Would they be closing her rib cage in or would they be opening up her heart? I took her through a deep breathing centering exercise and then focused her on the task at hand. Who are you about to talk to? I asked and had her think of the room full of doctors as one heart. Why, I asked her, do they need to know what you're going to say? How can what you say change the lives of their patients? And what will their response be if they understand what your message is? So she took a deep breath and went out, gave her speech, and called me thrilled because she did it. And they did respond. 
That was a couple of years ago. I saw her speak again recently and didn't even hardly recognize the confident, well-paced, powerful communicator she's become. She acts as if she knows what she's saying is valid and important. She knows the room of listeners needs to hear her message and that her voice is absolutely able to send that message out and get the response that says they got it. Okay, so let's talk about you. Here are some ways to get into the mindset that you need for your next speaking or singing performance. Acting as if you'll be great. In other words, expecting and intending to succeed can be a powerful, self-fulfilling prophecy for performance. Here are five tips. First, find a quiet corner where you can be alone to focus before you go on stage or into the vocal booth. Two, acknowledge and accept the butterflies of any anxiety and give them time to settle as you center yourself with your senses into your safe zone. Three, move your mind on now to focus on the task at hand. Four, laser focus on your first words or lyrics. Who are you talking to? Why are you saying or singing what you're saying or singing? (laughs) What response from what heart do you want? And number five, go out there and get that response. I'd like to leave you with one more quote from an article called How to Beat Your Lizard Brain, which I'll put the link to in the podcast notes. Here's the quote. The lizard brain is powerless in the face of art. You have to think about that for a second, but I think it means that to create art takes some audacity. So if you want to be a confident, powerfully effective communicator, act as if you are. Then you most likely shall be. It's a vocal mind trick well worth mastering. This is Judy Rodman. Thanks for joining me today. And please leave me a review, especially on iTunes if you can. Thank you. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.